Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 22nd, 2010. And today we'll be doing kind of the usual thing with the uh, little bit on the golf updates, and then we'll go into the uh, end time, one of the end time current events. First article that we're going to be looking at here is entitled Bird Flu Cases Spreading Around the Gulf. Blue flu, I'm sorry, blue flu, not bird flu. Uh, this is from August 17th. Some people are calling it the BP flu, but it is commonly being called the blue flu because of the alleged symptoms including blue lips and skin, and it's scaring people all around the Gulf area from Texas all the way to Florida. Now remember, what we report here on a weekly basis, this isn't mainstream news. This is something they're trying to suppress. The blue flu is separate from people experiencing something called tilt, or toxic-induced loss of tolerance. Tilt is something that hit some of the folks who had been working on the massive cleanup surrounding the oil spill. Symptoms from tilt include eyes and skin being irritated, headaches and dizziness. People with tilt are typically those who were in the immediate area of the spill, most, uh, most directly involved with cleanup. Those suffering from blue flu are an entirely different matter. These are people who were not in direct contact with the spill or cleanup materials. They simply live in the south near the gulf. Symptoms include swollen glands, notably in the neck, fever, vomiting, headache, bluish lip color, numbness of the fingers and toes. The most alarming symptoms include severe symptomatic cyanosis. Uh, this is the entire body turning blue, a discoloration of the skin. Now, when you have cyanosis, what that is, is it's a technical way of saying severe lack of oxygen in the body. Uh, of course, this could cause alarm that these symptoms of oxygen depletion along the Gulf, but could this rather, but could this rather be from all the Corexit that was sprayed everywhere? Well, I, I think it's more likely some type of combination. Uh, we've reported in times past where they had monitoring stations in Louisiana, and they were reporting that literally some of the chemicals that they were monitoring in the air that had to do with the petroleum were 1,000 times normal levels. So if you got something like that going on, it's only a matter of time before you get problems like these cropping up everywhere. Uh, let's see here. And this was a lot of chemical deposited in a large area in a very short frame of time. Now they're talking about the Corexit here. One wonders how the people living in the area could not be sickened from it. Well, that's a great question. How could they not be? Now, there's a ton of golf headlines that I posted here, and I'm not going to go into really any of these. I'm just going to read them to you so we have time for the rest of our study because, obviously, we've hit this golf uh, thing every single week, and the problem's not going away. And I just want to kind of keep you abreast of everything, and what I'm doing right here is it's going to be a 28-page PDF for this week that I put together, and here we're going to just be looking at a whole bunch of different links that if you want to explore this further, you can just click on the links in the PDF that will be up on contendingfortruth.com and, you know, go further with it. Uh, first, as far as the headlines go, first one, uh, feds provide further evidence that the formation has collapsed around BP's Macanondo well, which is the Deep Horizon. So now there's evidence coming that the actual formation around the well has actually collapsed. Uh, BP feds don't know what's causing the pressure drop in the well. We're concerned about the vital signs of the well. We continue to be concerned about the vital signs. That was another 
headline. Uh, another one, top oil expert, the geology around the well is fractured. Relief wells may fail and oil may leak for years. So again, they're, they're trying to paint this real rosy picture on the TV like, oh, the oil's all of a sudden gone and there's really not much of a problem. And the reality is, is there's a lot of contradictory information regarding that. Another one, dead fish all over the East Coast, lack of oxygen from the Gulf oil disaster. Next one, FDA claims about the dispersants are, are challenged. Next one, uncovering the lies that are sinking the oil. See, what they've done is they've just sprayed the Corexit all over the place, wherever they've seen oil, and they've sunk it, and now there's gigantic undersea plumes, literally thousands of feet down, creating these gigantic dead zones. And as it gets swept up into the loop current and then into the, the Gulf Stream, you're going to have it drug all the way up the, the East Coast. But you may not ever see it, because they've sunk it with the dispersants. Uh, and again, we've, we've got into the various reasons they've done that, basically just so they won't be held accountable. Uh, out of sight, out of mind type of thing. Next one, fishermen and families know the Gulf seafood is unsafe and demand dispersants stop being sprayed. Uh, next article, 150 shrimpers report underwater plumes of oil. Top official says quit talking about it. They just want these these shrimpers and the, the fishermen just to shut up about it. Uh, next article, toxicologists, dispersants extract the dangerous cancer-causing chemicals from crude that bioaccumulate. There is a grave problem. This was from New Orleans TV, and they said, Alarming discovery, adult crabs filled with some sort of black substance. And with a lot of these articles, there's a video with it you can go watch, too. Next one, local officials, oil just started bubbling out of the ground. Thick black oil that did not appear to have been dispersed. Well, what they've done is, is, is it's washed up on beaches. One of their tactics is they just plow over it with tractors, put white sand, and then sometimes it actually will come out of the ground then. Next article, two officials from different Florida counties report what looks like a congealed glob of Vaseline that is hovering offshore. Uh, next one, two square mile patch of dead fish floating reported by Gulf Seafood Processor. He said there's dead fish all over. Uh, next one, feds finally admit oil is buried 14 inches underneath the sand near Destin, Florida. Next article, purple-looking jelly stuff, three feet thick, floating all over, as wide as a, as a football field, says former BP cleanup worker. And last one is, NOAA samples reveal polynuclear aromatic hydrocarbons of the most toxic variety, appearing near shore and in the beach samples. So again, we've just got this whitewashed media right now that is reporting on this issue, trying to convince everybody, you know, come down there and go swimming and all this other stuff. Obama had his staged photo op down there, and it technically wasn't even in the Gulf where he was swimming. They found that out. Uh, why wouldn't that surprise us? And speaking of Obama, let's go to our next article, where Obama backs the mosque near Ground Zero. Now, I know you're probably all familiar with this. This week, it's been all over, well, conservative news. Uh, like Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and those types of things. But we're going to go a little bit further today, and we're going to get into some, some areas of this that you may not be aware of. Uh, I haven't really touched on this issue yet. I was trying to wait to compile more information before we got into it. This is from AP, Washington Associated Press. Uh, President Barack Obama on Friday forcefully endorsed allowing a mosque near Ground Zero, saying the country's founding principles demanded no less. He says, as a citizen and as a president, I believe Muslims have the same right to practice their religion as everyone else in this country. 
Obama said, weighing in for the first time on a controversy that has um, riveted New York City and the nation. That includes the right, and this is Obama quoted, that includes the right to build a place of worship in a community center on private property in Lower Manhattan, in accordance with local laws and ordinances. He said, this is America, and our commitment to religious freedom must be unshakable. Right. Obama made the comments at the annual dinner at the White House stateroom celebrating the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. So, there we go. I mean, we've said this before. I've provided tons of documentation that he's nothing more than a closet Muslim. He's also, you know, communist, socialist, whatever you want to call him, fascist, combination of all the above, and he's a Muslim. You know, he goes over to these Middle East things, and, and he's it's kind of funny, when he goes over to the Middle East, and he goes before these princes and kings and, and Islamic people, he's he bows to them. They've got him on camera bowing. He'll bow to nobody else. Why? Because they're, they're probably at a higher level in the Muslim religion than he is. It's the only reason I could think that he'd bow to them when he doesn't bow to no one else. You know? Now, that's just the tip of the iceberg, okay? Um... Uh, there's a lot of different things. If you go up to contendingfortruth.com and just key in Obama, you'll see a whole bunch of teachings that I've done up there. And uh, you can, if you want to educate yourself more on that issue. Next article, Obama's Ramadan blessing. There is a whole lot of pretending going on in our world today. <clears throat> we have a federal judge ruling that the 5,000-year-old institution of marriage was biased and immoral from the start because of the way it discriminated unfairly against homosexuals. Well, he's, he's homosexual too, so that really wouldn't, shouldn't surprise us. And we have a man in the White House who extols Islam for advancing justice, progress, tolerance, and the dignity of all human beings. In the blessing of the Muslim holiday of Ramadan, Barack Obama added that Islam is, quote, a faith known for its great diversity and racial equality. Racial equality. And that, yeah, tell a Jew that. Please, tell a Jew that. When they're commanded in the Quran to kill and slay Jews, to basically kill all infidels, and what is an infidel in the, in the Islamic religion? It's a non-believer. It's exactly what it is. I've, qu- I've quoted those quotes many, many times. Um, and then he goes on to say, and that, essentially, Islam has always been a part of America. Yeah, remember, don't you remember when the Mayflower got here, Mike, and they had all those uh, Islamic people on there, the jihadists, they came off the Mayflower? Well, let's, let's look at this, let's look at this a little bit closer. Bridgette Gabriel or is it Brigette? I, I'm, I'm not sure how, which way you pronounce it. But anyway, Brigette Gabriel combats politically correct notions about the religion of peace in her book, They Must Be Stopped, Why We Must Defeat Radical Islam, and How We Can Do It. Now, Sean Hannity's had her on a lot lately, interviewing her. And, you know, I'll tell you, she's been there, done it. She knows a lot better than I do. Uh, now, I, can, I, I can't say I was ever exposed to this from a religious standpoint growing up. This, this woman grew up with this. Now, the way this is written, I think this is her talking in this particular article. Sounds like her. Anyway, she says, I have more than a passing knowledge of Islam. That includes first-hand experience and a significant amount of study over the last 30 years. But somehow I must have missed the advancements of justice, progress, tolerance, and the dignity of all human beings. Honestly, I can think of none. Did I overlook 
the Reformation and religion that resulted in one genocide after another for the last 1300 years that Islam put forth? The racial equality? Has the Quran been rewritten to exercise Muhammad's character, characterizations of blacks? Now listen, if anybody out there is black and think that this is a great religion, because what do we got? Uh, Louis Farrakhan and Malcolm X and all those guys extolling Islam? Well, did you know that Muhammad's characterizations of blacks, he said they were, quote, quote, ugly, quote, raisin heads, and, quote, pug-nosed slaves. Did you know that? Sure. We're going to look at some else. We're, we're going to look at some other things, too. Didn't it also say that the book, in that book, that when Allah created the white man, he touched his right shoulder and he came out destined for paradise? But when he touched the left shoulder of the black man, he came out destined for hell? Did you know he said that? Sure. I can't believe anybody would be a black Muslim. I really can't. It's, it's unbelievable to me that, you know, they must really just keep them away from these, these verses and these teachings of Muhammad. They got to. It's the only way it can be possible. Who does Obama think sold all those millions of black Africans into slavery in Europe and America? Is he not aware that black slavery is still alive today in some Muslim countries in the Middle East? We just saw something the other day about that where they will try to capture these, these guys. But yeah, we were watching this documentary recently, and they were, they were, it was a huge problem, still is a huge problem over there. Uh, Muslims of the Middle East variety, the non-black type, that are, literally will try to sell the blacks, steal them, certain ones, sell them into slavery. They go there, they rape the, um, the women. Um, I mean, they were, then they kill them. I mean, they were in these villages, and I mean, they couldn't even go out to collect water. They couldn't even go outside their camp. They, they were in constant fear of their life. And this is this religion of tolerance, peace, and love. Yeah, and this woman got out of it. and You know, she got tired of having to be fearful for her life everywhere yeah. she went. Yeah. Yeah, so... They show their face in public, they'll... Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable what goes on over there. And I guess this is one of the reasons that this particular lady wrote this book and the reason I'm doing this teaching, these teachings is because we really need to expose this darkness. It is evil, it's dark, and it needs to be reproved and exposed and made manifest or brought to life. And this is what the Bible commands us to do. We're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them. Well, a lot of people don't understand. They think you know, Islam is this, you know, for the most part, this wonderful religion of peace. And it's not. It's not. The thing is, is there's moderate in, let's say, more of the liberal variety of Muslims. What those Muslims are is they're not, they're not fundamental. They're not fundamentalists, meaning they're not fundamental to the faith of Islam. But if they were reading their Quran and interpreting it correctly, and it's real easy to interpret, they should be going out and killing infidels and plotting against, you know, Anyone that is not of the Muslim faith. That's, that's what the Quran commands them to do. And a lot of other Islamic writings as well. They're just not being fundamental to their faith. So, that's the difference. Uh, then let's talk about justice. Talk to me about it after you've finished reading the stoning of Sora M. Which is a, you know, you can look that up. The stoning of Sora, S-O-R-I-A-H-M. Uh, progress. Can you name for me one major scientific or social advancement we can historically and accurately attribute to Islam? 
tolerance. I quote, I quote to you from, I believe this is the Quran. It says, oh, you who believe, do not take, yes, this is, do not take the Jews and the Christians for your friends. They are friends of each other. And whoever amongst you takes them for a friend, then surely he is one of them. Surely Allah does not guide the unjust people. So again, we're lumped into the you know unbelievers and friends of, of Jews, and if we're not a believer in Islam. Uh, today, imams in the Middle East and elsewhere still quote Muhammad's hadith as their current marching orders, uh, which says, quote, The hour or the day of resurrection will not arrive until you fight the Jews, until a Jew will hide behind a rock or a tree, and the rock and the tree will say, O Muslim, servant of Allah, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. End of quote. That's right from there. there um, the Muhammad's hadith. I mean, we're quoting everything here. Dignity of all human beings is Islam. In Islam, Muslim males have a higher worth than any others. A Muslim man can have up to four wives, beat them, and charge them as he pleases. Now, there was that big court case recently where the guy had forced himself on his wife and this and that, and they, they said he was innocent because, according to the Muslim faith, there has to be four male witnesses. Four male witnesses of what? You raping your wife? And you think that any of them are going to turn... I mean, I would think the women, I mean, of, of worldwide, would be so outraged over anything having to do with the... Because if any class of people on the planet uh, subjugates... That are in, that are in a, a bad uh, position... It would be women. It would be the women that, that the Muslims rule over. The Muslim men, I should say. Well, let's look at that a little bit further. The key Hadath sections about Muhammad's prepubescent wife, Aisha, are pretty clear. Remember, when you're reading, when I'm reading these, these are directly from their, quote, holy books. When I'm reading these, Muhammad was 51 years old and Aisha was six. 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 And he was 51. This is from Sahih Muslim Book 008, number 3310. This is a direct quote. Now, I added this in. She didn't have this in her article because I really wanted to really expose this. Um, this is a direct quote from the book. Aisha, Allah be pleased with her, um, reported that Allah's apostle married me when I was six years old and I was admitted to his, his house when I was nine years old. The next quote, now there's a whole bunch of quotes. I'm only going to read through you two because I think you're going to get the picture. This is from Sahih Bukhari, Volume 7, Book 62, Number 64. This says um, that the prophet married her, Aisha, when she was six years old. And this is Muhammad, when she was six years old. And he consummated his marriage with her when she was nine. Now, if that's the case, he would have been 54. And she would have been nine. And then she remained with him for nine years till his death. Yeah, this is the kind of sick devil that started this. Now, the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay, well, I would say that's a really bad foundation to have for a religion. If somebody you're going to follow is, a, is an absolute, total, overt pedophile. You know, so, but that's the kind of person that you're ultimately following if you're in Islam. How about Islam's always being part of America? 
Perhaps Obama is referring to the Barbary pirates attacking America's commercial ships, capturing their crews, and holding them for ransom. Or maybe he's thinking back further to a main reason Christopher Columbus journeyed west, to find a safe trade route to the east, one that would mean avoiding the murderous Muhajadeen who had been blocked, who had blocked the land routes. These are, these are Muslims. Then she goes on to say, I don't know, what do you think he's talking about? Were any of the founders Muslim? What are the great Muslim moments in American history? Maybe it all sounds harsh, but somebody's got to say it. I'm not going to sit here while the pretender of an evil uh, of an evil American president lies about the historical record and re- misrepresents evil as good. Warned to them that call evil good and good evil. I mean, we've said that verse. We have to pre- basically say that verse every single week because we keep seeing it more and more and more over and over and over again. Then she ends by saying it's. It's time to stop pretending. Now, she's got a ground zero petition that you can go. And I'm, I'm really shocked because I went up there and there's only 103,000 signers on it. I mean, there should be <laughs> a way over a million people that, you know, it's, a, it's easy. You can just click on it, sign her petition. And I know, I understand that, that, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But I'm just saying from a resisting evil standpoint, this is something easy that you can do. Uh, and she's got quite a website as well. It's, there's a lot of, uh, I could just do a whole study up on her site with all the stuff that she's bringing out about this particular thing. But um, there's a little link here you can click on. And what it is is it's, it's to sign the petition opposing the building of the mosque at uh, 9-11, Ground Zero. Uh, now, to add a little bit of balance to that, Regarding 9-11, and I've got into this in times past, but I'm not going to, I just want to touch on this. The real story about 9-11, probably the best thing that you can watch on the internet is, it's called Loose Change, Final Cut. It's up on YouTube. Tells you the real story, and I mean, nobody's ever been able to refute this information. I've got a gigantic document that gets into this thing after thing after thing, where proving that, you know, some Muslims with box cutters could not have pulled this off. There is way more to this story than we've ever been told. And uh, it's not even, you know, it, it's it's overwhelming, the evidence. But anyway, Loose Change, if you just want to watch one thing, watch Loose Change Final Cut up on YouTube. Uh, and I give you the link to it. I also give you the links to my teachings on the Islamic religion exposed, uh, the double face of Islam. And you can click on all those and that will give you some more information. Next article, Ground Zero Mosque. State Department funds Obama support. Uh, this is One News Now. A Christian law firm working to stop the construction of the proposed Ground Zero uh, mosque says it's an absolute outrage that the State Department is footing the bill for the imam spearheading that project to travel to the Middle East. I mean, this just gets worse and worse and worse. The New York Post recently reported that the imam, Faisal Abdul Raouf, is set to depart on a multi country jaunt to the Middle East, funded by the State Department. Now, this is the guy that's basically spearheading the project um, regarding the mosque at Ground Zero. And the State Department's going to foot his bill to send him over to the Middle East in order to foster greater understanding uh, about Islam and Muslim countries. But the trip has raised concerns that taxpayers may be helping with him with the Ground Zero mosque's $100 million fundraising project. Uh, which is to erect an edifice, edifice blocks the way from the site of the September 11th, 2001, that left thousands dead. They, they kind of had that messed up in the way they wrote it. 
is this guy what you want? Is this the guy you want building relationships, considering he repeatedly will not call Hamas a terrorist organization? Wonders uh, Jordan Seculo, Director of International Relations at American Center for Law and Justice. If this is the person that we're going to put on tour, I think our government is insane. End of quote. Seculo is also skeptical about the State Department's claims that Abdul Rauf will not do any fundraising on his trip. In other words, he's going to turn it into a fundraising trip. To, to actually fund to get this mosque built at, nine, at Ground Zero. This is insane. He told Arab media that he is planning on fundraising on this trip. So he's told the Arab media the truth. You know, He points out, he says, quote, and, and so not only are we paying him to go on a spew-hating around the world, this is secular talking, we're also paying him to go fundraise for the Ground Zero Mosque. It's outrageous that we would pay for something, someone to spread hatred around the world, and we're going to take a stand very ag- aggressively against it. Seculo added that the ACLJ uh, intends to take a very loud noise to the American people about this trip. There's two other links you can click on here. One's entitled Gearing Up for the New Legal Challenges to Stop the Mosque, and then Obama and Hamas Backs Ground Zero Mosque. Next article. Ground Zero Mosque developers refuse to rule out using funds from Iran in Ahmadinejad, uh, the president of Iran. The developers of the planned mosque near New York's Ground Zero on Wednesday refused to rule out using funds from Iran's president, Ahmadinejad, to build the $100 million project. I mean, it just gets more insane and insane. I mean, this is a guy that's basically said, no, he hasn't basically, he has said, that he would sacrifice his whole country, every man, woman, and child in it, in order to bring the Imam Mahdi into being, which is their awaited savior. Why would he say that? Well, partly because the prophecy about the Imam Mahdi says that the only way he's going to come is through much bloodshed with the Jews and the Arabs. That's what they believe, okay? So now you've got, you know, Potentially, Iran's president, uh, who who will probably be, end up being a, a major contributor to this 9/11 mosque, uh, mosque spokesman Oz Sultan was asked specifically whether the project's fundraising would include Iran and Saudi Arabia. Those are two of the most radical of all the Muslim countries. He says, "I can't comment on that." Was Sultan's uh, not ruling it out reply? The New York Post reported. Um, and then he said, we'll look at all available options within the United States to start, right? They'll take money anywhere they can get it, I think. But um, Imam Faisal Abdul Rauf, the leader of the Park 51 Mosque project, planned for a site two blocks from Ground Zeroes, and has told officials he would raise money for the mosque and the community center from local Muslims' foundations and the sale of bonds. Like, you could trust any of them, and it doesn't matter. It's still an abomination, you know, but earlier this week, he admitted to a London-based Arab newspaper that his fundraising would also extend to Muslim nations around the world. Rauf is now touring the Middle East on behalf of the State Department. Just confirmation of the last article. So we're footing the bill for him to go on his tour so he can fundraise for the 9/11 mosque. Oh, this is this one. You're gonna now in light of I, I tried to put these in the in the proper order. Uh, because it's going to be more of a blood-boiling thing, every every article I get into here. Get this. 
Nancy Pelosi suggests probe of funding sources behind opposition to the mosque near Ground Zero. This is from Fox News. This was from just August 18th, a few days ago. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is suggesting a coordinated effort is behind the opposition to a proposed mosque and community center near Ground Zero. Well, you're, you're right, Nancy. A coordinated effort is there. I mean, just turn on the radio. Okay? She says the whole dispute has been ginned up. Ginned up? You know what that, that word, the word genie and gin and all that, it's actually in reference to a, a demonic spirit. But anyway, she says the whole dispute has been ginned up for political purposes. And she supports an investigation into those opponents of the mosque. So see, we should all be investigated. They're above reproach. N- N- Nancy Pelosi and Obama and all of them, they're above reproach. We're the ones that need investigated. You talk about calling evil good and and good evil. Commenting publicly for the first time on the Park 51 project, Pelosi said the issue was posing a distraction and that some organized force is behind it. I mean, all you got to do, again, is turn on the radio. Some organized, it's like this some secretive, nebulous, organized force that nobody knows. People that are opposing this are very vocal, you know. But see, this is how Big Brother wants to become more and more and more and more. Don't you dare say anything against Big Brother or against anything that the establishment is is doing because we're going to investigate you. Then she goes on to say, I believe it's her, uh, there is no question that there is a concerted effort to make this a political issue by some, she said in remarks posted Tuesday in a video on the San Francisco Chronicle website. And I give you a link to that. And I join, and I give you a link to every one of these articles that we're going into, almost everyone in today's teaching. And then she says, I join those who have, who have called for looking into how this opposition to the mosque is being funded. Um, so anyway, Nancy Pelosi wants to do an investigation of anybody that would possibly not want to have anything, you know, it's just unbelievable. Now, let's go further. Let's look at the Muslims a little bit more and and see what they're doing in New York City. This is, um, there's pictures that I'm posting in this PDF, okay, several. And they're real pictures and and they're they're obvious that they're they're real and I, I did a keyword search and looked these up. This is an accurate picture of every Friday noon in several locations throughout New York City where there are mosques with large numbers of Muslims that cannot fit into the mosque. Now what I was, what I heard was that there's 2,000 mosques in the United States and 200, I think, just in New York City. So it's a real hotbed for Islam. Okay? Uh, what happens is these are, these are Muslims that can't fit into the mosques. So they fill the surrounding streets facing for a couple of hours between 2 and 4 p.m. I mean, they're talking they got to shut down the whole thing to accommodate this. Uh, beside this one at 42nd Street, Madison Avenue, there is another even larger group at 94th Street and 3rd Avenue, etc., etc. Also, I presume you are aware over you are aware of the dispute over another uh, high-rise mosque a few blocks from Ground Zero. They're doing this on purpose. They're doing this to make a spectacle of themselves. They're doing this to shove this down Americans' throats. 
is why they're doing it. I, I you know, as much money as, as they've got with all that oil money and all this, you're telling me they can't find a building where they can all fit in there? I think they're doing it to prove a point. Um, I think this is all by design what they're doing, and they're very calculated in how they spread this particular devil religion. Um, now, let's see here. Uh, I presume you're aware of the dispute over the other high-rise mosque, a few blocks from ground zero. With regard to that one, the imam refuses to, to disclose where the $110 million to build it is coming from. And there's a lawsuit filed to force disclosure of that information. Just some facts for you, FYI. Now, this is in New York City on Madison Avenue, not in France, or in the Middle East, or Yemen, or Kenya. This is right on Madison Avenue. I've got the pictures right here. Okay, so we're looking at these pictures. I was just showing them to everyone, and you know, you got all the hundreds and hundreds of these Muslims filling the streets of New York. I mean, they're having to shut. It's a spectacle. Now, I put some Bible verses came into my mind as I saw this going on because they're praying to Allah, the Moon God. He's not the God of the Bible. He's Allah, the Moon God, and we've done several studies on that. Okay, so the Bible says in Titus one sixteen, it says they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. This is just another religion that thinks, says that, you know, Allah is God. They profess they know God, the God of the Bible, but they don't. And, you know, but in works they deny him. I mean, all the hate, all the murder, all the things that they do, all the manipulation, being abominable, disobedient, and, and to every good work reprobate. Next uh, picture, again, we see hundreds of them bowing. And then Luke twenty forty seven. they're in this big prayer or whatever they're doing. And it reminded me of this, I understand this was like to the Pharisees and Sadducees, but Jesus said, and for a show, make long prayers, the same shall receive greater damnation. And that's what I thought of when I, when I saw this, all these acting, trying to act so holy and all this other garbage when they're doing nothing more than worshiping a fallen angel. That's all they're doing. It's disgusting. And then the uh, another picture. It, it ends by saying, is there a message here? Yes, there is. And they are claiming America for Allah. This is what they're doing. They're claiming America for Allah. If we don't wake up soon, we're, gonna, we're going to politically correct ourselves right out of our own country. They're taking over in a lot of places. Michigan, New York, Tennessee, there's a big problem. And when they get their foot in the door... Now, just so you know, the lady that I said earlier who has the petition, they're starting, whole, um, they're starting groups around America where they meet, and you can go up there, and in your state you can see where they're meeting, and it's concerted efforts to resist this evil of Islam. Now, I'm not saying you're going to agree with every one of their ideological things or whatever, okay? But the fact remains is you are going to agree with them about opposing this devil religion and letting it come in because I'm telling you this is pure evil. And they've got places you can go to meet and go to these meetings and you can even start one up in your area if you want to. But I think that's an excellent thing to do. Um, it's not for everybody, but if you have the time, it's something you may want to consider. Um, Edmund Burke, this is a famous quote, for evil to flourish, all that is needed is for good people to do nothing. And unfortunately... It's what we've got a lot of in this particular country. We just, we've got to resist evil, I believe. I believe it's a biblical mandate. 
Uh, a lot of people would say, oh, you shouldn't be concerned with that and this and that. Well, there's so many Bible verses that talk about this. And when somebody says, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, I just send them you know, the umpteen verses in both New and Old Testament. And I say, what do you do with these verses then? How do you interpret these verses? They're very clear. You know, so anyway, we're, um, let's go to the next article. Okay, next article. Uh, Palestinian Town Square Memorial honors suicide terrorist and his attack is, quote, heroic. Uh, this is from, uh, let's see here. A Palestinian suicide terrorist walked into a restaurant in Tel Aviv suburb, suburb and detonated a bomb that killed a 15-year-old boy and injured 16 others. The town square in the West Bank town of Madama, where the terrorist lived, features a monument honoring the heroic martyrdom seeker and his heroic Herzliya operation. The monument has pictures of the suicide terrorist and Yasser Arafat, the devil himself. The text above the terrorist picture is a verse from the Quran urging Muslims to fight the non-believers and promising that Allah will lay them low. So they're honoring this guy for killing all these innocent people. And this is what exactly what their religion teaches them to do. And they're very open with it in their own countries. It's just they don't want the, uh, the Western countries to really know about this. But yet, there's, there's the monument right there. It's, I, I, I posted two different pictures on the thing that you'll be able to see. Man, I tell you, this is just bulls your blood. The Quran, then it says um, another verse that's there from the Quran. Uh, it says, fight them and Allah will punish them by your hands. Lay them low and give your victory and give you victory over them and heal the hearts of the believing people. That's the quote on there. And then <clears throat> the, below his picture are the words, the heroic Shadaha, seeker, Omar Muhammad Zayadi, who carried out the heroic Herzliya operation on June 11, 2002. The seeker, that term seeker, is a Palestinian term of honor for suicide terrorists. In December of 2009, and again in March of 2010, uh, PMW reported on the naming of another square after the terrorist, Dali Murabi, who killed 37 people in a bus hijacking in 1978. World con- condemnation was unequivocal. But they don't take these things down. It doesn't matter if they condemn them. <clears throat> U.S. Department spokesperson Philip Crowley said, We strongly condemn the glorification of terrorists, honoring terrorists who have murdered innocent civilians, either by official statements or by the dedication of public places. This hurts peace efforts and must end. We will continue to hold Palestinian leaders accountable for incitement. Yeah, right. They haven't held them accountable for nothing, as far as I can see. This religion has more of a free pass than any other religion on the planet. Look at what they get away with. No other religion, not even, I mean, I understand Christianity being the utmost, could never get away with this. But no other false religion could get away with what Islam gets away with. None. I mean, you can't even compare it to any other religion. Next article, which relates to this. This is from four days ago. 
Illegals from terrorist states released in the U.S. The media is silent. President Obama's friends and the liberal media are actively avoiding the truth about the current immigration crisis that is threatening our national security and economy. Please read the message below about the two separate major failures by this administration in enforcing our immigration law. In each case, only media research centers, cnsnews.com, investigated and reported on these stories. Read these chilling reports and alert your friends and family to join you in holding the media accountable. And they have a little thing you can click on here to oppose this. Over the last three fiscal years, 2007 through 2009, the Department of Homeland Security has caught and released 481 illegal aliens from nations designated as state sponsors of terrorism and other countries of interest, including Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Our government has no idea where these people are, how dangerous they are, or what they're up to. They caught them, and the logical thing to do, right, is to release them. Well, that's what they did. They, they released them. 481 illegal aliens from these countries that we just described. Islamic countries. I mean, this is absolutely... Now, what about all the ones that got through? Think about that. I mean, there was probably triple the amount that got through and didn't get caught. I mean, let's face it. If they went through all that trouble to, to get um, come from the Middle East, they go up through the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Central Central America, and then they come up through Mexico. I mean, I'm sure if they're going through all that trouble, they probably got plenty of monetary backing. Most of them are most likely not getting caught, you know. So these are 481. I'd like to know how many more got through. This chilling news was broken by CNSNews.com's investigative division. Click here to read the full report. I give you all the links there. <clears throat> they conducted an interview with Larry Dent Deaver of Cochise. County, Arizona, where several frightening facts came to light. Among those most disturbing was that the U.S. Border Patrol has pulled back from major sections of the U.S. border with Mexico because it's too dangerous. Our own police force has to pull back on our own border because it's too dangerous. You can watch the entire interview with this link that we provide. These are two eye-opening exclusives were completely ignored by liberal media, determined to demonize the elected officials and citizens who are trying to secure our borders. Again, just like Nancy Pelosi saying that we need to be the ones being investigated who would dare oppose this 9-11 mosque. I mean, what kind of crazies are we? You know? Going back to this, it says, so far they haven't been interested in truthfully reporting the grave risk that we all face because of federal government's lack of commitment to border security. Because of the liberal media's pro-amnesty bias and their unwillingness to report the truth that we've uncovered, they have become a further threat to our nation's sovereignty and fiscal stability. This kind of liberal media bias forced the MRC to launch a national petition called Stop the Liberal Lies About Illegal Immigration. This is a vital part of our effort to hold the media accountable for putting our lives and liberty at risk. Already, we've rallied more than 77,000 citizens around the nation who are calling on the media to do their job and reporting on this threat. With your help, we hope to push the petition to 150,000. Uh, <clears throat> time and time again, NBC News is among the most biased on their coverage of the scope and impact of illegal immigration. They continue to focus on illegal immigrants as victims of hate-inspired laws and law enforcement, and carefully avoid the impact of, on taxpayers and increases in the crime driven by the illegal immigration. There's no other planet, no other place on the planet that you could go in and go there illegally 
and be able to do what you're able to get away with here in America. No other place on the planet. We reward you for being an illegal alien. We'll give you, you know, we'll help you. We'll, we'll give you driver's licenses. We'll give you governmental help. You don't need a, you don't need to prove that you're a, a real citizen here. In fact, we're just going to grandfather you in pretty soon. It's basically what it's all moving toward. North American Union style. Once we, they go back to this, it says, once we reach our goal of 100,000 people, we will be delivering the signed petitions to NBC's office in New York City and their branch in Washington, D.C., declaring the outrage of thousands of Americans about the biased coverage on illegal immigration. So again, just something you know else to think about and look at. I give you all the links there. And um, here now we're going to switch gears a little bit here. We talked about this last week. We're going to talk about it a little more, more again. Um, <clears throat> back in February, a leaked memo from the Department of Interior showed that Obama administration was considering designating as many as 17 new national monuments throughout the West. Now, remember that little video we played last week? And we showed you all this, we gave you the exact numbers of how much land the government has seized uh, through the Bureau of Land Management, through this National Monuments Program. I mean, in some states it was over 50% of the state that are off basically uh, national monuments. And really what they want to do is just turn those in places where no man can step foot. We, we cannot grieve Mother Gaia. we got to make Mother Gaia happy. And that's essentially what they're, they're saying. What it is, is all it is, is a way that they can take more and more and more and more land so that we have less and less places to flee so they can control us better. Uh, <clears throat> effectively, what they're doing is closing off huge swaths of land to development. That was, um, that this was being done without the input of Congress or local authorities angered many. There's no input. This is just being done. Now, Representative Rob Bishop, Republican of Utah, chairman of the Congressional Western Caucus and ranking member of the House Natural Resources Subcommittee on National Parks, Forests, and Public Lands, has uncovered 14 more pages from the document that were previously unavailable. The new pages show a federal bureaucracy that has contempt for the legislative process and the input of elected representatives. He says, quote, should the legislative process not prove fruitful or if a nationally significant natural or cultural land resource come under threat of immediate harm, how's that going to happen? How are people going to make a cultural land resource come under immediate harm? If that were to happen, the Bureau of Land Management would recommend that the administration consider using the, quote, Antiquities Act to designate a national monument Meaning, this is just one other way, one other excuse they can use just to take land for no reason whatsoever, just because they feel like doing it. In a statement, Bishop unloaded on the Obama administration. He said, quote, These 14 pages are further evidence of this administration's efforts under the guidance of Secretary Salazar to control Western lands by unilaterally locking them up without input from local residents and stakeholders, nor the approval of Congress. The plotting behind closed doors is disingenuous at best and flies in the face of an administration's so-called transparency, said Bishop. <clears throat> Thousands of Westerners whose livelihoods depend upon access to our public lands stand to be affected by these decisions, and yet this document blatantly goes out of its way to exclude their input or participation. If there was any question about whether or not this administration has declared war on the West, these new documents are evidence enough. 
And again, I give you the whole link. You can check that out. You, know, you just can't keep up with all the ways they're trying to, to uh, uh, initiate evil against Americans. Um, it, it's unbelievable. Here's another article. U.S. Interior Department eyeing possible closure of millions of more of access to off-highway riding. Uh, let's see here. More details reveal concerning federal internal talks to designate national monuments that could bar off-highway riding. Now, this is from uh, American Motorcyclist Association. I'm not, I don't have a motorcycle or anything, but their newsletters are really good because a lot of it impacts all of us. And they go on to say a Salt Lake City television station has reported more information about a Federal Bureau of Land Management internal memo related to the possible designation of national monuments. Again, we get this national monument garbage, which could bar off highway riding. Well, that would be, I mean, if you were trying to flee from a potentially bad situation, and they had cordoned off all the lands which you could flee to, you know, you're going you're to be in a bad position, potentially. I'm not saying God can't open a door, but I'm just saying... Uh, KSL-TV reported on August 5th that a mem- memo lays out what some consider a sweeping and detailed plan for managing BLM land, Bureau of Land Management land, over the next 25 years. The television station quotes U.S. Representative Rob Bishop as saying the document spells out how to get the land's use designation and the BLM wants without having to get congressional approval. It's just like they're above the law at this point. A pre-written email is available for you to spend, send to our favorite Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, by clicking here. I, I, I added in the, our favorite. Uh, you can send a pre-written letter to your representative immediately by following Take Action. So I give you all the links to do that as well. Try to be as proactive as we can. Again, these are things that we should be praying about as well. I understand. In the end, yes. You know, the Antichrist is going to come to power and... Evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that we need to fight this evil in as much as the Lord would convict you to fight it. Next article. This is just a section from the website uh, on the Wildlands Project. And I put the rewilding of America, which really is the impetus for all of what we were talking about with all this land seizure. Um, step by step, piece by piece, the Wildlands Project is coming to fruition. The project, foundational to the UN Biodiversity Treaty, remember it always seems to boil back to the UN, all the stuff that we talk about. There, it's, this is foundational to the UN Biodiversity Treaty, which was never ratified by the US Senate, calls for approximately 50% of the United States to be set aside as, quote, wildlands that no human can enter. 50%. Much has been accomplished over the last 10 years toward that goal, and the pace is stepping up. Yeah, it really is stepping up. What I'm seeing in the last month, with the help of federal agencies under the Obama-Bush-Clinton-Gore regimes, from the control of water to taking land out of private ownership to protecting numerous species, all of the pieces of the puzzle work together to form the complete picture. The following are just a few of the news stories that reflect the piecemeal workings to attain the goal. See, Satan is just chipping and chipping and chipping and chipping away. That's what he's doing with all the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. It goes on to say, people remain 
unaware of the size and scope of this operation. Most people are clueless about this. I mean, those statistics we went over last week, some of those states were 60 plus percent of the land's been seized. Why isn't that front page news? Oh no, well, it's because the media is controlled and bought off and paid for. They're subservient to their masters. They're subservient to ones that make their paychecks. Or issue their paychecks. So, people remain unaware of the size and scope of this operation, meaning the Wildlands Project, for this UN Biodiversity Treaty that was never actually ratified by the U.S. Senate. Uh, because, because land is being taken in the name of endangered species. So, it, this, is their, this is why I'm real leery about supporting a lot of these environmental groups, because most of the time, even though they may seem to have somewhat of a noble cause on a given issue... Almost across the board, what they're about is taking away our rights, um, hurting us into cities, and controlling us. And they're they're of the opinion that you know Mother Gaia has been grieved by all of the building and everything else, and that we need to move, be moved into these corridors where we can be controlled and we can't grieve Mother Gaia as much. You know. So anyway. Um, Sorry about all the bad news here, but these are things that we can be praying about again, and, and I give you some proactive things that we can do as well. Uh, breaking news, Google plans to take over the Internet. Uh, the net neutrality ending deal with Verizon is just the beginning of Google's plans to kill the open and free Internet as part of their takeover agenda to completely control the World Wide Web and force independent media websites like myself Radio and TV shows out of existence for good. See, they've got to, they've got to silence us. They've got to silence people like me and a lot of other people that are doing this type of work because we're reaching too many people, and there's, you know, it's it's having an effect. It really is, and they've got to do this eventually. There, there's some way, in some way, shape, or form, they're going to pull the trigger on this eventually. Google's agreement with Verizon to speed up certain internet content to users opens the door to the complete sterilization of the World Wide Web as a force for political change. Under Google's takeover plan, and I've told you Google's flat evil, okay, I've said this many times, the internet, under Google's takeover plan, the internet will closely resemble cable TV. Independent voices will be silenced and the entire internet will be brought up by transnational media giants. People who want to run a simple blog will be priced out of existence. Online TV and radio shows will cease to exist as the internet is swallowed up by the corporate Borg. And that's, it, that's reference to, like, the Borg on Star Trek. Anyway, I don't want to go down that road. But true net neutrality means that independent news outlets who attract an audience by telling the truth can compete on an even keel with corporate giants like ABC, CBS, and CNN. Well, we might not be able to keep compete with regarding maybe their ability to rank high in search engines, but we still are out there. They can still go to our sites just like they can go to CBS or whatever. So in that regard, it's true. Um, The Google Verizon pack will end the level playing field and in turn will eliminate everything that is outside of the mainstream. A non-neutral internet means that companies like AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, and Google can turn the net into cable TV and pick winners and losers online writes Josh Silver. All video, radio, phone, and other services will soon be delivered through the internet connection. Did you know that? 
That's what they're that's what they're moving toward. Ending net neutrality would end the revolutionary potential that any website can act as a television or radio network. It would spell the end of our opportunity to wrest access and distribution of media content away from the handful of massive media corporations that currently control the television and radio dial. The deal will also split the internet into a two-tiered system, a cyber toll road where satisfactory speed and service will only be obtainable by those willing to pay substantial fees. I mean, this is this is Big Brother, man, all over. This pact also gives Google and huge ISPs, which stands for Internet Service Providers, the leeway to block certain websites on the wireless network, meaning alternative anti-New World Order sites will go dark for millions of people. Once Google's fiercest critics have been silenced for good, the company can then set about implementing its CIA-backed Total Information Awareness Program. The CIA essentially helped start Google. This program will scour Twitter accounts, blogs, and websites for all sorts of information left by individual users, aiming to use this data to, quote, predict the future and completely and direct... Uh, and completely direct and control people's lives and behavior. Google CEO Eric Schmidt has announced that Google, in conjunction with the CIA, is set to become the ultimate big brother entity that, quote, will know so much about its users that the search engines will be able to help them plan their lives. I'm so happy that the CIA and Google are going to help me plan my life. I'm sure that they have my best interest at heart. Right? I'm sure that they care about the King James Bible and the Word of God and Jesus Christ. You know, I'm sure that that's what they're, they're really all about. And then it says, by constantly tracking their location via smartphones and telling them where to go and what to do. This is one of the ways they're going to help us plan our lives. We have previously reported on Google's intimate and long-standing connections to the government spy networks. There is also no doubt that Google is one of the corporations at the forefront of the government's drive to use cybersecurity as a pretext for killing the free Internet, having previously worked with NSA and the CIA. The recent scandal involving the company's street view roaming vehicles, assessing Wi-Fi details of Internet users, and mapping their online online activities has also raised serious questions over intelligent links and abuse of privacy laws. They they were driving these cars around, Google is, and they're they're pulling up the houses and they're uh they're they're accessing your Wi Fi and they're 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 mapping your internet your online online activities and internet usage. I mean that sounds pretty illegal to me, but they're big brother. Now you can watch this whole uh, Alex Jones interview because he gets into it, but I pre- I basically covered everything, so it'd be redundant to play it. But I, I do give you the link to the original article, and you can also go see the uh, look at the other ones as well. Uh, let's see here. Okay, we're going to go ahead and just go to part two now, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. God bless you.